It's a true story. True story. Of seven strangers. Pick to live in a loft. And find out what happens. When people stop being polite. Could you get the phone? And start getting real. The real world has reunited. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. It's the Real World Homecoming Recap. Episode four, starting over. What do they mean? What does it all mean? What does it mean? This episode was a little more fun. It was. Which was a relief after the last two episodes. Yeah, they were pretty heavy, these last two. Not that this one didn't have its own, you know, emotional moments. Yeah, absolutely. But it didn't really have angry moments. There was no fighting. Yeah, it didn't have those specific conversations that were actually occurring and they were fighting. It's kind of like the fallout. About the fights, but not the... It's the aftermath of the fights. Right. Both current and 29 years ago. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of information early and throughout the whole episode about Norman. Yes. Which I'm always hungry for more norm information. Norm formation. Norm formation. Wow. <laughs> Should be a t-shirt. I love norm. <laughs> I, I do know too. you do too. I think many people do. It made me sad to see the struggles that he's been going through, how he's been affected financially and career-wise uh, by COVID. Yeah, pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Kind of brings it to a sense of reality as far as like what's happening to a lot of people out there. Right. Throughout the last year. Absolutely. But yeah, they really kind of go through his whole struggle later on in the episode. Yeah. In the beginning, though, we're just kind of getting that fallout of Becky leaving. Yeah, you just kind of see everyone's faces after she's walked out. Yeah, and Norm reiterates that he was just really worried about what it was going to look like Yep. when it aired. Just trying to save her, trying to be a good friend. I mean, yes, he's like, I know I shouldn't have yelled at her. But it was a heated moment, you know, and he's just he's like, stop it. <laughs> you yeah, know? Listen, it's like the whole point of the last episode was there wasn't a lot of listening going on. There. Right. And that theme kind of continues through this one. It did. Yeah. They were kind of just discussing why they think it was that it happened that way as far as Becky leaving. And we see Norm and his confessional talking about just really how upset he is yeah. that she has left. I think he feels like, you know, she's left him because... He needs her support, too. Like, he has stuff that's going on. And, yes, he's close to other people in the loft, but, like, she is his person as far as the roommates go. And so he just is really upset that she left. I can't tell if they've remained close throughout the years. It seems like it. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, Um, he visited her at her her dad's house and spent time. It it definitely sounds like they have. Eric's take on things, which is always fun these days. Yeah. Um, Guru Eric. Yes. He (laughs) says that he thinks that it's about the suppressed emotions being triggered in Becky and that her inner child was responding. Right. And that's why she left. She just couldn't deal with it. She couldn't. Andre says he feels bad, but he doesn't think any of them were in the wrong about it. And I don't disagree with him. I don't think she was listening and they were trying to get her to listen. But Right. I did think it was interesting because Norm was saying how, you know, It was almost like when she was leaving and she was saying, this isn't real, it was almost like she was trying to save herself Yeah. in the hopes that she could kind of spin it where it was edited to make her look a certain way or something like that. Like it was produced a certain way because she was trying to save face. 
because she she was aware of like how this was probably going to look. Absolutely. But Kevin wouldn't say specifically like if you would just be quiet and let me speak. Mm -hmm. That generally only gets said if somebody isn't listening or is constantly interrupting. Right. But what I did find interesting was when Julie spoke up, you know, and she's like, but we could all stop patting ourselves on the back and saying, look at us. You know, look at how we stay. Look at how we can have conversations without leaving the room. You know, she's kind of like, it's not about that. Yeah. There's more work to be done, she says. Yes. And then Heather, you know, wise words from Heather, where she's like, you know, everybody just gets to their healing in their own time. And then she said the great line, leave room for the miracles. Leave room for the miracles. That was very well put. Like give people their space, you know. And then in her confessional, she's like, I brought a good bottle of wine to share with Becky. (laughs) Yeah. And she's just like, don't blow a lifetime over five minutes of not feeling comfortable. Because sometimes you just have to get uncomfortable. Exactly. And it's true. And I'll admit, I am a non-confrontational person. Someone could truly hurt my feelings, and I might never tell them that they've hurt my feelings. Right. I mean, that has happened, you know, because I just, I don't want to deal with the repercussions of how that person might respond to me telling them. And the conflict that could come with it. Right. Yeah. And same with, you know, I know relationship-wise between you and me, like, I've always seen myself as being this, you know, sweet, sensitive person who would never hurt anyone. I never want to hurt anyone, you know? And when I realized that, like, I had the power to say something that would really hurt your feelings, that was hard for me to deal with. Yeah. It's like a whole new experience of power. Yes. And I was just like, what do you mean? Like, I'm the kind of person that can be a jerk sometimes, (laughs) you know, like I just never really saw that. But I think it's because with you, I didn't avoid conflict. Right. You know, like we tell each other everything and we say exactly how we feel. And so when that happens, you do have to get uncomfortable. Exactly. To have like true intimacy, it's across the whole spectrum Mm -hmm. from the good side and the bad side. You have to be, you can't be vulnerable just when it feels good. Yes. You know, I feel like we should start a relationship podcast. Oh, so we're going to have four per week? <laughs> Let's just add on to Deep the load. talks. <laughs> Back to Guru Eric. He's saying, you know, that this might be a blessing for Becky. Like, we don't know what she needed in her life. So maybe her leaving is something that was going to teach her something, you know. They and- can all benefit from it because Norman yeah. has his eyes set on that executive suite. Yes, he's like, maybe this happened so that I could sleep in that executive suite and have that bathtub. Yeah. But what I thought was funny was that they still show Becky's album and then play her song. At least I, I'm pretty sure it was her song. It, it sounded, sounded like, like her, her voice. It did. Yeah. But it made me wonder. It was like, are they doing that because they're being nice? Or was there some kind of agreement that when they came on, they would each get to like plug their stuff and maybe she hadn't Ooh, plugged hadn't her about stuff that. yet, you know? Mm. Maybe they agreed to a certain amount of that and they hadn't reached that limit on her yet. So cynical. I'm just curious because it was just kind of right. an odd placement, you know? It was. I don't know. Well, you couple that in with some of the other things that we're seeing. Yes. Like we've seen what Julie's doing. And it's been mentioned. Mm -hmm. We've seen what Kevin is doing, Mm -hmm. and it's been mentioned. We've now seen Becky. We've seen, well, I won't get into the rest of them, but we start to see more. Right. 
So we see like Andre is trying to change the mood. He's playing guitar. Yeah. Then they have like a spa day and Heather and Julie are pampering Norm. Well, Andre gets a face mask too, but you know, they're doing face masks. Heather's giving Norman a foot massage and a pedicure because they know he's sad. Like his bestie just left and they know also what he's been going through. So they're just really, you know, concerned for him. Those face masks, I tell you, I don't know how people can do those. Oh, he hates that. But it's the ones, you know, it's like the the paper Well, and they're wet. Yes. And you put them on your face and you look kind of like Michael Myers or something for a little while. Like, no, thank you. But that's like his least favorite thing is wet paper. Yeah, and wet paper touching me, much less stuck on my face for 20 minutes. If I ever do masks like that, I always warn him, like, if you turn around, you're You're going to see this. this, So just don't look at me for a while. That's probably a time where you're most unattracted to me. (laughs) Never. (laughs) We also learn that Norman has bad feet, according to Heather. Yep, yep. She's really picking on his feet. She is. But I don't know that a lot of guys take care of their feet. You know, I do not. So she's just being honest. Just being honest. That's Heather B. <laughs> Another Heather thing is that we see her in her room at the end of the day, writing down her what I know versus what I learned. I like that. She does that every day. Yeah, it's very introspective. I like that. And she was saying how she doesn't always share with people what she writes, but mm-hmm. she's displaying that because she thinks maybe it'll help the roommates out a little bit, too. Right. And then Heather goes in as Norman is taking over Becky's room and she's got some sage. There's sage in the room. Got to change that energy. Oh, and then it's my favorite time. It's margarita time. It's happy mm. hour with Heather B. Margaritas. Yeah. Looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, it did. Big bottle of tequila. Mm-hmm. And Eric pops in on FaceTime with Heather. I would like to inform everyone that Kevin took his jacket off. Kevin did take his jacket off. Had a very nice outfit on. Yeah, he's looking fly. Yeah, looking real fly. And then we get this episode's incoming message. Yes. The message is, when fans discuss the first season of The Real World, they often focus on the conflict and the controversy. But what really made the series unique is that the roommates were given the time and space to work through their problems and find resolution. And then Norm hands an imaginary potato to (laughs) Heather and says, hot potato. Hot potato. It's your turn. Mm Mm-hmm. She's just like, no, I didn't get in any beef with anybody. I don't have any beef. But then they show the beef that she had with Eric. Yeah, they really did beef early on in the the show. She didn't want anything to do with him. I mean, Mm -hmm. like they sort of bonded, but then she was just, I think she's the type that she's very loyal. And if she sees that someone is being wishy-washy or -hmm. what she sees as fake, which she has said in the past that she thinks Eric was fake or she thought Eric was fake. Yeah. I think then she's just done with you. You know, she's just like, well, if you don't care about me, then the wall is up. It is. But I mean, they fixed that. They did fix it. But I'm just saying, I think that that's why she was done with him so quick. Because she was just like, oh, this is how you are? Mm -hmm. Then, okay. But Eric was kind of distant for a little while there. He was. And then he kind of came back and he started hanging out. And we start to see them talking and bonding. And they showed a scene where Eric is in Heather's room with her taking her braids out. And even, you know, Kevin was saying, like, I remember seeing that scene and I was like, wow, you know, and Heather's like, yeah, she's like, you know how serious that ritual is in our culture. Mm -hmm. She was just saying, like, if it matters to you, you're going to find a way to work it out. You are. And that you can always find common ground if you just take time to listen. And then Eric opened up about the fact that he hadn't really had a conversation with a girl 
an in-depth conversation with a girl that wasn't his girlfriend. Right. He was scared to confront a lot of the issues that were coming up, you know, in the original show. Right. He was saying, like, those were the conversations with a girlfriend that you probably would have, like, fought and left. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you were angry, you know, and it was just a different thing Totally for different him. dynamic, yeah. yeah. And then we cut to my favorite. Eric's journey. They show so many clips from Eric in his grind days mm-hmm. talking about how that's, you know, he went straight into that. We've talked about that a lot before. They showed a lot of modeling photos. He did three years of the grind. And in that time, five grind workout videos. And they just, he's talking about how he was on the screens of... I didn't write down the number, but it was 90 like, million. Yes. And 90 million households, you know, and so that did a lot for him. And they show pictures of him with various celebrities, Pam Anderson, Michael Jordan. Yeah. He's saying that fame wasn't easy for him to navigate. Right. You know, there were angels and demons and he didn't really understand that he was carrying around these suppressed emotions from trauma in his life earlier. And it was fanning the flames inside of him, really. Yes. It was not healthy for him. And so three years into the grind, he said he had an experience that destroyed his career. There was a real world 10th anniversary and he's opening up to Melissa, who is a cast member of another real world season. And he's telling her about a manager that basically robbed him blind. Yeah, like 250 grand. Yeah. That is crazy. And that it just took him to a really low place where he had suicidal thoughts. Mm Mm-hmm. I was just talking about that for a while. And then later, you know, through years and years and years of inner work, he came to learn that that experience really did save him. It was a blessing. He thought it was the greatest blessing in his life, the fact that it occurred, because that started... That journey. Yeah, his path was really started at that point for where he is now. Right. And like he said in last week's episode, you know, he's not even sure he would be alive if he had stayed on that path. Right. Which is crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he said like he started talking about the conversation that they had with Becky Mm -hmm. and how the more uncomfortable it is, the conversation that is, the more important the conversation is. So it's like you have to have it, even if it's uncomfortable. Right. And, you know, talking about like our relationship, that's what you have to do. You can't just ignore it, you know? Absolutely. It's not going anywhere. That's not, it's not a healthy relationship. No. And I know it happens a lot in a lot of relationships. I'm just thankful that we talk through it, even if it is uncomfortable. Exactly. Like, you have to do that. Like Not if, that we don't take space sure. sometimes. You got to walk you know? away. You got to clear your head for a second. Yep. You come back. You talk through it, even if it's uncomfortable. It's mm-hmm. not you come back and all of a sudden you're happy again. Right. You might come back and you're still angry. Yeah. You still don't understand where the other person's coming from. It's yeah. hard sometimes, you know. But... So I, I thought that was a good point by Eric. Mm-hmm. And Julie mentions that loving somebody doesn't mean you can't get irritated, which is a really good point. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's kind of what we're saying. It's like that love is there, but you can definitely, you know, I'm sure they all have love for Becky. Mm -hmm. But obviously they're super irritated with her as she's irritated with them, you know. And Julie's also saying she talks about this a little more later, but how this is probably the longest amount of time that any of them have been in the same room together in this like pressure cooker situation. Yeah. Because when they were on their season, they were in and out of that loft all the time. They were. It sounded like maybe like for the first two weeks they were together, but that's like this honeymoon phase where everybody's really getting to know each other. You're not comfortable enough to really disagree yet. Yeah. So then like after that opening period, they just weren't around each other that much. Right. And we've said this before too. This was a unique 
season because everyone lived in the area except for Julie. So they had a place to go. Right. You know, she's probably the only one that was in the loft a lot. Yeah. Well, they had know? their jobs. They all had their jobs to go to. They right. all had places that they could go to as mm-hmm. far as their homes or apartments or, or whatever. And their friends. Their friends. Family. Yeah. She didn't have any of that, mm-hmm. you know, but this was different because- they're there to film this show. Plus, it's COVID, so it's not like they can really be out and about much. The most they do is go for walks around the city. Right. They don't really go anywhere, mm-hmm. you know? So we cut back to Heather B, and she's talking about how many people she's lost since she left the loft in 92. Right. Her mom, her dad, her uncles. And so she's basically just talking about her positive attitude, how she finds one reason every day to be thankful and celebrate something. Yeah. Because a lot of things have happened that aren't good, you know, but she's like, I can't dwell on that. I have to just keep moving forward. Yeah. And I like that outlook. I do too. And then to Eric, she's like, I have to drink now because there's about to be tears. (laughs) (laughs) And Eric's like, this was a cute moment. I love their banter. I do too. Eric's like, you're not allowed to cry without me there in the room with you. And then she's like, you promised back rubs and you're not even here. What are you doing? Hurry up and get better. Um, Is that when he kind of mentions, I think he knows he's not going to be well before taping is over, which is really disappointing. Yeah, he's realizing that he's running out of time. Yeah. It sucks. It does suck. And then we cut over to what is the meat of the episode. Yeah. It's really looking at Norman and all the struggles that he's going through and that he's gone through. He was really impacted in the financial crisis of 2008 and has been similarly impacted with this COVID outbreak and the financial impacts that it's had as well. Once again, those real world producers coming through with the side by sides Mm. throughout this whole episode. So many great side by sides that just every single time it makes me emotional. Mm -hmm. It's just really cool to see them. The young version of Julie walking through the loft and then (laughs) Julie of now walking through. Right. You know, same with Norman. And later on when they're walking around the city, just so many shots of them as a group. You know, Andre with his long hair, just flowing in the wind as they're walking and they're still (laughs) doing it now. And I don't know. It's just really neat. I love seeing the buildings that are covered in graffiti in the same exact way. It's like, here's the black and white shot of the front of this building. Here's the same building and it looks the exact same. Yeah. It's nice to see. It's like you see things that are different and things that are the same. Yeah. And that's life, right? It is. (laughs) But you see Julie kind of open up the conversation asking Norm if he's still painting and then he's showing Julie. Julie, some of his work, his Twilight series that he's done. You know, he's just kind of scrolling through his laptop showing her. Great artwork, by the way, too. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. He's super talented. And they show footage from the original show talking about his art and his dreams and all of that, which is always a little sad when you see something like that, especially if you know that everything wasn't realized the way yeah. He wanted it to be. But I think it's that way for a lot of people. It know? is. It was interesting to see like G.E.T. Yeah. He started a gay entertainment television. Yes. And then he did a film. He did a film as well. That won some awards, he said. Yeah. And then he got some book deals. But then things fell apart again. You know? They did. Yeah. That was when 2008 hit, I think, like right. soon after that. Yes. And then when he made the A stand, which we've talked about before, which is like a laptop holder, would you say? like Yeah, a it, it holds your laptop, has some, you know, you can raise it up, put it down. Looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I actually would like to have one. Yeah, it looked really useful mm-hmm. specifically for you. But it's stuck in China, you know, so that stopped the sales of that. Yeah, that revenue stream dried up. 
And we found out that he's working in a bakery Yeah, his family has a bakery, right, in Michigan? Yep, he just had to move. He lost his apartment in L.A. Yeah. And had to make the move. He had to leave all of his stuff. He started to talk about it with Julie, but he's just like, let's save this for the next episode. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to get into all this right now. Mm -hmm. But you see him in his confessional being emotional about it all, and it's really hard to see. It has to be hard because he was showing them like he's having to make decisions on what he wants to keep and what he can't afford to bring to him. Right. His friends are sending him pictures like while he's sitting in the loft, he's having to make decisions on all of his possessions, you know. So he leaves that conversation for a while. Andre and Julie go for a walk around the city. I thought this was cute. Andre is like, (laughs) I just talked to my daughter this morning. She said, Daddy, I miss you and the tickle monster. (laughs) And the tickle monster. (laughs) So sweet. (laughs) And Julie mentions then that she is disappointed that Becky left because she thought they could all pull it together. Yeah. And again, she's talking about how they're spending more time together right now in this situation. And she's saying, you know, before you could cool off if you got heated, you could leave. And Andre's like, Becky could still have done that. Which is very true. It is true. He's like, she took the cheap way out. Mm -hmm. And that's when Julie says that she may text her. Because she doesn't want to put words in her mouth. She's like, the real world gives people the opportunity to finish a discussion. And this one didn't get finished. Which leads me to believe next episode is going to be more Becky. I know. Just finish the conversation already. Seriously, finish it, please. (laughs) So we're back to the loft with Kevin and Heather. Kevin's asking Heather if she still has her original rhyme books from back in the day. And she's like, absolutely. I love that because I still have, when I was 21, I wanted to be a songwriter, which is why I moved to LA Mm -hmm. briefly. I still have all the things I wrote in spiral notebooks in the attic in a box somewhere. I want to read those so bad. That's stuff that I did not share with many people. Like my friend Kimberly that I lived with, maybe some with Sarah, but other than that, not not much. Maybe my friend Michelle. That's probably about it. If I go get the Christmas decorations for a little while longer than normal. (laughs) It means you found my notebooks? (laughs) I've found them. Oh, man. But we see a lot of footage from back in the day of Heather writing unseen footage, which Mm -hmm. is always fun. And she's just talking about creating music and the inspiration hitting you and what that's like. She's talking about how from the moment she left the loft, she's been on her own. Yeah. Her record label, I guess, didn't really want to help her when MTV didn't keep her video in rotation. Yeah, which sucks. It's just like, I wonder what her plans were going into the show and her her thoughts like, oh, this is what's going to happen. It's going to blow up. Yeah. She thought she was on this path, but there was something else for her and something better, you know? So she had put out her first album in 96 and then she released her last one in 2002. Yeah. Then she got into radio and it seemed like that was, I mean, she lit up talking about that. She loves it. Yeah, she absolutely loves it. I think she's really found her calling, Mm -hmm. you know, not that you can't have many callings, but I think this just suits her so well. They showed footage of her interviewing Snoop Dogg and just hanging out with all these celebs and it's really fun. It is fun. And it looks like she is having a very good time while doing it. Yeah, she seems really happy. And we see more clips of all of her shows. We know how she's hustling. She's very busy. She is. And like they show some clips of her live show, Heather B. Live show. Uh Uh-huh. And some of the drinks on there. Wow. Oh, the happy hour? Yeah, those look delicious. I was like, I want to go to Heather B.'s house. I mean, I wanted to anyway, just because she's amazing. And she's talking with Kevin again about like food and how much she loves, you know, how that brings people together and it's healing and it's, you know, just all the wonderful things. Yeah. It's a very spiritual journey. Yes. 
So she's like, I write every night, but sometimes it just doesn't always come out in song form. Right. Which I like that. Yeah, that's good. She's still being creative, you know. She's putting her heart into it. It's Mm -hmm. just coming out in a different way. So then it's like the end of the day and they're FaceTiming with Eric again. Yeah. And they're asking him how he's feeling. He's actually not feeling that great. I know. But he's going to do his juices and stuff, whatever the other stuff is, to hopefully make himself feel better. You can tell this is where he's like really down because he's realizing that he's probably not going to get to see them. Mm -hmm. Heather wants him to have more soup. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I feel it. This is what you need. More soup. He said that he feels like he's 80% where he normally feels 100%. Yeah. He says like COVID is just slowing him down, making him feel weak. And rather than operating at 100%, like you said, he's Mm -hmm. just at 80%. He's telling them not to worry. Mm -hmm. You can tell they all look concerned. And Julie's like, don't tell me not to do what I'm good at, which (laughs) I really appreciated that. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) I tend to worry about my people, you know, so I could relate. Then it's like the teaser of, are they going to go visit Eric and his balcony? Right, because he does mention, <laughs> he drops that he has a balcony. And they're yeah. like, oh, you do? So and the next day. Next day, we use our challenge math. <laughs> challenge math tells us that they're going to be visiting Eric. You're going to tell them what challenge math is? So challenge math is tied to MTV Challenge. Yes. You can use challenge math figuring out the formula of what's going to happen on the challenge. Based on who they're focusing on, the things that they're showing people saying like, oh, he's never going to beat so-and-so. Then you know that he's probably going to beat so-and-so. Right. Now, sometimes they throw you for a loop. They do. They do. They throw you for a loop. Yes, but it's usually like whatever they're trying to lead you to think, the opposite Uh, opposite. of that is going to happen. Yes. So we've now learned. Of challenge math. Yes. We're like, oh, CT's going home, you know, or whatever. That's not a spoiler alert. That's something that happened last season. That was last season, yes. (laughs) Anyways, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever hear us say we're using challenge math, that's what we mean. Yeah. So we use challenge math to, well, I guess this was pretty obvious challenge math. It was, yeah. (laughs) Maybe we didn't even need challenge math for this one. (laughs) But Eric drops the hint. And so the next morning, that's the first thing we see is all the roommates headed out, piling out of the loft onto the streets of New York towards Eric's hotel. We see some pretty cool shots of the side by sides that you mentioned. Yeah. Some places they were before and they're currently there. So Mm -hmm. that's always a lot of fun. Yes. Oh, and this moment, they're talking about, oh, do you remember that? And Kevin's like, oh, there used to be a great record store here. And Norm's like, remember record stores? And I was like, oh, Oh. (laughs) yes, I remember them. Have they not made a resurgence? I don't really know, to be honest with you. Probably not this past year. Yeah. I feel like they will because obviously everybody's into vinyl nostalgia, Mm -hmm. you know, right now. So. Then we have just a random small little conversation where Kevin's asking Heather if she would have left if it was her. I think it's just still bugging him that Becky left. So he's trying to see what everybody thinks, you know, and Heather's like, no, but she wasn't surprised that Becky left. I honestly don't know why they're surprised. To me, it just seems like something she would do. Yeah. I mean, not that she did that before, but just the way she was acting about it all now. Mm hmm made me feel like she wasn't really that into it. You know what I mean? Right. Plus with the way she blocked me on Instagram just because I tagged her in something. Not cool. (laughs) Made me feel like she wanted nothing to do with the real world. It's exactly what it felt like. It was very confusing. Yeah, because it was all love. Yeah. You know? And at that point, nobody had talked about them in 20 years. At least. You know? Anyway. We're not bitter. (laughs) We're not bitter, (laughs) Becky. See ya. See ya. See ya. (laughs) So we get to the hotel. Finally. 
Eric's out there, outstretched arms. Everybody's masked up. You know, they're down on the street. He's up there. They're just yelling to each other. Yeah. Julie said she wants some spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. And I love that because then they flash back to the great scene of Julie and Eric eating the spaghetti mm-hmm. with their bare hands. <laughs> Eric starts dancing. Oh, yeah. He's like, yo, New York. This Eric knees from the grind. Yeah, it was so great for him to do that. <laughs> oh, I love it. They're like, it. I forget that's you. <laughs> I know. And Heather's like, take your shirt off, Eric. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Eric said he felt warm and happy to see them. In that moment, it was great. Yeah, because he's like, I've been here for this experience. It was to see them face to face, you know, and I haven't gotten to do that yet. It's still been through a screen, which you can do with anyone. Exactly. Kevin added that it was beautiful to see him on that balcony. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) So back to the loft. Norman's talking more about the bakery where he works, and we see some shots of him working there. Looked delicious. It did look delicious. I don't know what they were cooking, but it looked good. Yeah. And then we're just hearing more about what we had talked about earlier, his revenue streams drying up and Julie saying how she wished that she would have thought about how lonely he was. And, you know, he's opening up to Kevin about losing his apartment and Heather saying how, you know, they've always stayed friends and that she actually offered to help him, but he wouldn't take it. He said, you know, if it gets to that point and you want to help me buy my art. Right. Which she appreciated. Mm -hmm. She's also an artist. And I'm sure that would help him to feel you know, like he wasn't just taking a handout. Right. He's like, the coin of life is flipping around and I could laugh or cry at any moment. I just wish I had more outfits. Yeah. But I can't because they're all in L.A. That was so sad <sighs> when he said that. I felt so bad. <sighs> so then Julie reaches out to Becky. Yeah. She's back in the bedroom. Yeah. Texting her. Texting her because she wants to hear Becky's side of it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, we don't have to agree, but she wants to hear her out. So I feel like that's laying the groundwork for the yes. next episode. Challenge math. Challenge math. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're cooking. Yeah. This time Norman's baking something yummy and Andre's in there making a salad. This is where Norman kind of tells them about an idea that he had mm-hmm. and something that he had already done. I think he had already made. The bunny? The bunny. Yeah. It's funny because I follow all of them on social media and Norm has been teasing this chocolate bunny for the last week. Like, oh, do you know what it is? And flashing all these Easter bunnies. Yeah, nice. And so now, you know, I got to see what it was. It was inspired because a year ago when COVID started, it was around Easter. Easter, And he's saying how, you know, there was no toilet paper or anything else on the shelves, but there were chocolate bunnies. So he had this idea to make them. And he's like, and you know, I'm always looking to paint a classic, Mm. you know, that kind of thing. And the roommates want to help him. So they're all pushing him to start making them now, like in the loft so that they can help him get them sold so he can make money and get his stuff from L.A. to Michigan because he needs a truck. It's just really nice to see how they're all. They all came together. Yes. And so they make a plan that the next morning he's going to start working on it. And we cut to the next morning and they're already, you know, getting him geared up. Like, you ready? You know, Kevin's talking to him about how- five paintings. Yes. And he's (laughs) like, you got to sell the pieces for $1,000 each. And then he's just like, we're not going to let him fall. And they want to help him on his social media because he's not very knowledgeable about any of that. Like, Uh, he's not even on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then we see Norman and Julie walking around New York again, talking about how much they miss it. And they go to get art supplies. Mm -hmm. Then he's back. He's painting the bunnies. 
And Julie's just saying how amazing it is to see everyone be like an emotional group hug for him. Yeah. You know, it was nice to see. It was. And Norman's like, you know, this is what friends do. They're here for you. They're helping me. My friends are helping me. Right. That's what it's like to have friends that help you. Real friends. Yeah. That help you, care about you, want to see you succeed. Yeah. And, you know, don't want you to struggle. Those are the friends you want to have. Yes, absolutely. And I love that he's like painting these on what looks like brown paper bags. Yes. Looks awesome. Mm -hmm. And there was a picture where Heather bought the first bunny and they show a picture of her. It's hanging, you know, I think in her house. So it's really nice to see. That is nice to see. I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I think he said that those were all sold. But I think you can buy more on his shop. So you can probably find the link on his Instagram. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like five will go quick. Yeah, for sure. Especially once you get it on the show. Mm-hmm. Another side note, we found out that Norm is the only person who had sex in that loft. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that blew my mind. Yeah. He's like, I did. <laughs> he said the guy's name. I can't remember the name. Me and either. he's like, on the pool table when you girls were in Jamaica. I, I feel like that. I remember that from the show, like something about Norm in the pool table. I don't but remember. I don't remember. It's not been that long since we watched. I guess we watched in like November or something. Yeah. But we got back to a call with Eric. Yeah, he's feeling better. Yes. He said he feels better at the end of this day than he did when he woke up, which right. is positive for him. Yeah, he said that was the first time that it's had the happened. the first day, yeah. Which I get that. When you're sick, it's like usually you feel the worst in the morning mm-hmm. and then you start to decline in the evening mm-hmm. before you go to bed. Right. At least that's what happens for me. So, so Kevin says that he has a question for everyone that he's been thinking for whatever reasons becky chose to leave he said that he had texted her and he got no response no responses back and you know he hates how it ended and he wanted to know if they would be willing to have a conversation with becky if she wanted to talk yeah and then julie's just like i'm meeting with her tomorrow yeah everybody's like what you're doing what yeah they're all (laughs) shocked they're shocked that becky's even still in new york And Norman is upset. He's upset. Because he had texted her and she did not respond to him. Yeah, she just ignored him. He's just like, when do you ever talk to Julie? Right. You know, like he's saying this in his confession, Mm -hmm. you know, but he's just like, you're going to meet with Julie? He's pissed. Yeah, you can tell his feelings are really hurt. And, you know, Julie's like, she's not here to speak for herself. And Norman's like, she could be here to speak for herself. Yeah. You know? And he's just like, I'm done with her. I'm not talking about her anymore. Not here. Not in the confessional. Nothing. He could give a flying F about her. Yeah. He's done with her. Yeah. Is what he said. Exactly. Which I think is really just hurt talking. Now he's doing what human beings do and his feelings are hurt because Mm -hmm. she responded to Julie and not him. You know, and I get that. It's relatable. And that was it. That's it. It looks like next week we do see that Julie and Becky talk. We don't know if the whole group talks. Kevin says that she's going to meet, but we don't actually see that happening. Yeah. And it looks like we're going to delve a little bit more into Norm and what it was like for him being, you know, the first openly gay man on reality television yeah. or television in general, I guess, like yeah, that we I, knew of. And I want to see what that was like for him. You know, I'm very curious. Yeah. He does say something like, this is probably where everybody turned their TV off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like on the original show? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. Yeah, I, I feel like he thought maybe he drove ratings down or something, Aww. but I hate that. I hate that, too. I hope that's not the case. But I'm really excited to see what he has to say and yeah. what everybody has to say about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Me, too. It was a good episode. 
It was. It was nice to have some more, you know, like I said, there were some heavy moments, but it was nice that it was a little more lighthearted, a little more uplifting, Mm -hmm. you know. We'll see what next week brings. We shall see. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying reliving these roommates the way we are. Yeah, we're loving it. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. You can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com or join our Facebook group at we don't want to grow up exclamation point. Take care. Bye-bye.